Good morning, my name is Natalie Ruiz Mandujano. Originally, I was so excited to choose a topic about something fun like girls lifting weights matters or college students stress management matters. However, my hubby recently had a car accident and his first question to the paramedics was how much will this cost me after they offered to treat him? How much will this cost me? This is the question so many Latin immigrants who do not have a United States residency or citizenship ask when it comes to healthcare since they have to pay out of pocket. This podcast is meant to raise awareness for those immigrants like my parents, my friends who do not have a voice in the healthcare system, who have to pay every single penny out of pocket, who do not have access to any kind of health insurance because they work the construction jobs, the house cleaning jobs, all the blue collar jobs. My podcast is Latin Immigrant Health Matters. Did you know that Latinos have the highest uninsured rates among racial and ethnic groups in the United States? Did you know immigrants were purposefully purposefully excluded from the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act of 2010? The primary barriers that result in Latinos not having health care include lack of health insurance, limited income, and linguistic and cultural barriers. The lack of health insurance can be seen in Latinos seeking emergency Medicaid coverage for emergency room visits and charity care when family emergencies happen such as work-related accidents or car accidents. Public health care providers like hospitals are met with an insufficient supply of bilingual interpreters to meet the needs of Latinos. There is even more programmatic communication situations in private healthcare providers where patients usually have to bring along a friend, a family, uh, someone from church to help interpret. Latino immigrants fear that their legal status will result in further discrimination and or legal repercussions in the future. In 2018, Biomed Central published a research study that entailed qualitative interviews of female Latin immigrants living in South Carolina. The results stated that their responses included things such as one can pay for the doctor's visit office to know what is wrong with you, but not for the treatment. Another response included if they happen to get cancer or leukemia, they must go back to their country to die because there are no resources here. Latinos, primarily adult men, are not using preventative health care services. They are underused even in families who do have health insurance because of the high co-payments and high deductibles. Latinos still have unmet needs for dental care, mental health services, and continuity care for those with chronic diseases. 
preventative health care services are needed for Latin immigrants in the United States since the American diet diminishes the inclinations of eating a health healthy diet like in their home countries. Foods like ham and bread are excessively sweetened compared to those foods in typical Latin countries. Fast food is also eaten more than the fresh beans and cactus Latin immigrants eat in their home countries since fast food is seen as a cheaper cheaper stable as a cheap stable for the poor working class. This further leads to an increase of chronic diseases like diabetes. I wanted to bring this closer to home and discuss how COVID-19 is affecting Latinos in the state of Georgia. According to the CDC, Latinos have been hospitalized for coronavirus at a rate four times greater than non-Latino whites. About 21% of coronavirus cases in Georgia are found within the Latino community. Part of this may be because Latinos are overrepresented in the essential workforce so they are more exposed to the virus. David, a construction laborer from North Georgia, was hospitalized for 10 days and received a medical bill of $81,000 since he is an immigrant without any health insurance. Wow. A few solutions have been proposed, such as requiring all employers to provide health insurance coverage to their workers since 94% of Latin immigrant men from ages 18 to 64 are in the workforce. Another interesting proposal is organizing insurance programs transnationally so the United States provides primary care at a reduced cost while higher-end surgeries or services are performed in home countries. Of course, this brings in the problem of how are immigrants going to cross the border. That concludes today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned about a community and ethnic group different from yours. Stay tuned for future podcasts about health. Thank you.